So, as I said at the front end of the service, I'm Father Spencer, I'm one of the co-rectors here, and I have the joy and privilege of being able to proclaim good news today, not as one over and above you, but as one from amongst the congregation. And so, as we begin, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, today we proclaim the good news that in the midst of brokenness and hurt and the evil that you've experienced this past year, or that you find yourself surrounded by, or maybe you even see it on the horizon, God is saying to you, watch, breathe, fear not. God has been faithful throughout every generation, and God is faithful today. Christ, the name above all names, is revealing a creator who gets their hands dirty, setting creation right. Evil will not stand, so release the need to be right and receive the outward-flowing, self-sacrificing, non-coercive way of kingdom life today. As we began uh, moving through Advent, our family was doing a little kid's devotional. So it has illustrations. It's written and directed just for kids that are like between the ages of four and seven. Any, any older than that probably would be a little bit beneath their engagement level. And so we started out pretty strong doing this almost every day, but towards the end we really fell off. Um, but it took me like three days before I began getting really frustrated with this devotional, which was by and large pretty good. Like the character of God that they were depicting was one that I can get on board with my kids learning about. Now I think as some of us have experienced in other churches this image of God where I'm just like, I don't know if that's the God I'm worshiping when I go to this church. Um, and it's a little scary that that's being taught. So this devotional was doing good, but I became frustrated because I was getting, uh, it was like grading against me how frequently this devotional was using gendered male pronouns for God exclusively. And I think what was sticking out to me as the reader of this devotional to my kids was the formative work that it was doing on them and realizing the formative work that I had experienced growing up. I think we all assent mentally to the idea that we, we know God is not an old man sitting on a throne of clouds. But when we've grown up and used predominantly or exclusively male gender pronouns for God, it's a little bit hard. Even though we know it's not true, it's hard not to picture God as this ancient old man in the sky. And so I was frustrated because I feel like we're just engaging in this work of raising up little heretics who believe that God is an old man. <laughs> um, so it took a little extra leg work, but it wasn't, it wasn't too much. Just to kind of change the pronouns out as we were going with the kids. And I was wondering as we were doing it, what image of God they had. What image of God were they growing up with? And just noticing within myself that growing up thinking of God as this ancient man in the sky has given me some interesting ideas about God who God is, how God is at work in the world. When we think of God as a man or an old man or an ancient man in the sky, it can be tempting to believe that God is unloving, hands-off, waiting for us to prove ourselves. It's natural when we think of God as being this man, like a physical man in the sky, that when we look around at a hurting world, we can wonder where the heck he is. And so... Through that frame, it's almost as if God is either a brutal taskmaster or a careless creator. Which one of those seems worse to you? 
Where do you feel that God is absent? Where are you in touch with longing for the presence of God in your life? Are you aware of any areas where you feel the need to prove yourself, to prove your own worthiness? I find at this time of year, throughout the holidays, there's so much riding on each event, and then it's all tangled up with nostalgia and like wanting to recapture the magic of an experience from years ago, and then a letdown and frustration, and then joy. It's all mixed and mangled together. The joy and the sadness, the, the loss and the gain. It goes hand in hand. And so I find myself cruising through these couple of weeks as we transition into a new year, just thinking a lot about life. What is life for? What are we supposed to be doing here in creation? Who is God? I would argue that who God is and what Scripture is for, how we read Scripture, is meant to help us to make sense of life. There's a temptation oftentimes, I think, to, to think of Scripture or church or religion as like a textbook. We've got to learn the right answers so that we can go through life the right way. But in reality, I was reflecting a lot this week about how the role that theology and church and religion and spirituality has in my life is also similar in a lot of ways to the role music has in my life. It helps me to make sense of being human, what it means to be alive, what it means to walk through a day where you experience what feels like devastating depression, joy for no reason, and then maybe a little bit of numbness to kind of be the icing on the cake of the day. <laughs> it's not all just roses. But this is being alive. So as we turn to the text that we have on this Holy Name Sunday, I want us to be thinking through that frame. What is life? What are we to be making of this life? And who is God? The psalm says, I will make known your faithfulness from across the generations. When I declare your faithful love is established forever, you responded, I have inscribed a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to the descendants of Bathsheba. I will establish your line forever. Your throne that I will build will be to all generations. Who is mighty like you? You who are, your faithfulness surrounds you. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Enduring love and faithfulness go before your face. Psalm 89 is a celebration of God's eternal faithfulness. This interpretation expresses through the line of Bathsheba and not to David. Now this reading, this framing does not justify or redeem her rape, but it keeps her centered in the story that she very much has a part to play in. God isn't unaware or uncaring of her story, just like God isn't unaware or uncaring of your loss, the things that you've experienced this year the things that weigh heavy on your heart and mind today. But just like these promises were made to the line of Bathsheba, God isn't moving through your life in spite of the bad. God is going directly through all of this human experience that you are experiencing today. Everything that you're holding with, the confusion, the certainty, the waves of emotion, God is not avoiding it. God's work is always rooted in reality. God is faithful to meet you where you're really at. In Luke, we repeat a, a verse that we went through on Christmas Eve. The shepherds make known what's been spoken to them about this child, and everyone who heard what the shepherds said marveled at it. And the text says, Mary preserved all these words and pondered them in her heart. 
And then just very practically, after eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child. And he was called Jesus, his name that was given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So on this holy name Sunday, we celebrate a creator that saves creation by joining it. Not by ruling over it, but by joining creation as a baby, who after eight days had to go through the same ritual of his people. Instead of lording over creation, God saves creation by joining it. In Philippians, the text says, Let the same mind be in you all that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be seized. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. Then being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then the text says, therefore. So this is a a part in the text, any passage that we have to pay attention to. So everything that came before this word is the reason for what we're about to hear, right? So Christ... Being equal with God didn't see that as something to seize or to capture. Christ humbled himself. Christ was obedient, gave of himself, poured out of himself. And therefore, God also highlighted or God also highly exalted Jesus and gave him the name that is above every name. That's the name that we celebrate on Holy Name Sunday. So that at the name of Jesus, every heavenly and earthly knee should bend along with those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Savior. Because of that, therefore, because of the posture and the presence of Christ, Jesus, friends, is what God looks like. Brian Zahn has a line that he says in the gospel presented in chairs that just always sticks with me. It's, it's the good news that I need to hear for all of my life. If I hear it the rest of my life, it will do the most formative work and redemptive work in my heart. God looks like Jesus. We didn't always know that. Sometimes it can be hard for us to believe that. But that's how we have to go through Scripture. That's how we have to go through life. When we don't have an idea of how God would engage, when we read a passage that's hard for us to stomach, we have to start with Christ. So friends, I declare the good news today. That God is like Jesus. Jesus is what God looks like in the flesh. In Isaiah, there is fear for these kingdoms that are plotting to destroy God's people. And God proclaims, it shall not stand and it shall not come to pass. It says, if you do not stand firm in faith, you shall not stand firm at all. Now, it's important to note that throughout the Hebrew Bible and in this passage... Faith is more like faithfulness than it is right believing or always believing every single thing about what you're being told. So here, a significant portion about it does have to do with belief, holding on to a belief. But it's a different frame of understanding the word faith. So whenever the text says, if you do not stand firm in faith, you shall not stand firm at all. And there's a way of reading that that can communicate to us if we waver, if we have doubts. And then we have to like gaslight or talk ourselves into never questioning anything, no matter what we experience. But instead, if we compare that understanding of the word faith with faithfulness, then we can have a a different way of inhabiting this faith. Even when it's hard to believe, even when I look around me and I don't know where God is present at work, I can still move towards faithfulness as I understand it. 
I can still allow the Holy Spirit to draw me forward. Friends, just as God was present and at work in Isaiah, just as God was present and at work in the flesh of Jesus, God is present and at work today in your life. In the midst of questions and confusion, God is saying, watch, breathe, fear not. Evil will not stand. You can release certainty today and say yes to the gracious way of the kingdom. So what does this mean for us? First, Philippians says, let the same mind be in all of you that was in Christ. Simply put, I think this means that the consciousness, the logic, the worldview that we see expanded before that, therefore, in Philippians is the posture, the consciousness, the worldview that we are being invited into. Now, I think there's, we can be so practical in sermons sometimes that it feels like, okay, I need to do these three steps this week, and we get so focused on what to do, but I want you guys to hear this good news as freedom. It's a release from having to have it all put together. This is actually the most simple way of being in the world. This is the way we were created to be. To not see power or influence as something to be seized, but to see those around us as opportunities to serve, as part of us, people that we belong to, that we can give our hearts to, that we can walk alongside. Church, you are the body of Christ. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. As we go out each Sunday, we are sent out with a benediction. We're remembered we, play, we pray the post-communion prayer and we go outside of these walls to go and be the body of Christ in Indianapolis. You are empowered to be the presence of God to a hurting and broken world. We can respond by following Mary's lead and holding these words and pondering them in our heart, just continuing to meditate on them. It's not a simple, straightforward, one-stop shop. This is not a, okay, I got that lesson, good. I don't have to go back to lesson A. For the year. No, this is something that we hold and carry in our hearts as we walk each and every day. I want to invite you as you hold this in your heart to ask the question where do I find this hard to believe? Where do I naturally push against receiving this good news? Meditate on it, reflect on it, hold it in your heart today as you come forward to receive Eucharist. As we go from here, I want to encourage you to stand in faith. Isaiah says, if you do not stand firm in faith, then you shall not stand firm at all. And so, pursue faithfulness in action, even when faithfulness and belief feels hard to come by. Simply put, pursue what you know is the right thing to do, to the best of your ability, and keep moving forward. Don't give up. How? Don't seize power. Don't seize honor. Don't seize influence. Empty yourself for the sake of others. Humble yourself. You are free from having to have it all together. You are free from having to never doubt. You are free from having to have the right answers. This freedom means we don't have to make sure that we say and handle each and every interaction exactly right or else we're going to lose the war on Christmas. You guys are free to say happy holidays to people. 
I'm not saying exclusively. I mean, feel free. We can sell each other Merry Christmas if we want to. But it's a whole different way of engaging the world. You are not protecting and guarding this. Nothing can stop the the power, the presence, and the love of God from flowing out of these walls. And so you are free to go and embody that and extend it and pursue faithfulness. So friends, today as we are empowered to go from here, cling to God's word. As you are drawn into righteousness, because that's what's happening. The Holy Spirit is drawing you into the righteousness of God. And let rightness slip down your priority list until it's not even a thought. In the midst of whatever you're facing today, God is saying, wait, breathe, watch. It will not stand. God's presence cannot be stopped. God's kingdom will prevail. And so you are free to move in faithfulness together. You're free to move and make mistakes and not be cast out. You're free to try your best to make sense of what it means to be alive in community, inside the love of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.